Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast. For more content like this, please follow and like this channel or log on to our website, www.venturechurch.co.za. Good day, Venture folks. This morning, I have the privilege of speaking to Zach Lombard, who, re- who leads Revolution Church in Pretoria East. He's, uh, he's well known within the NCMI circles, and we are just so honored that he's joining us today. He has a beautiful wife, Ilana, and two gorgeous girls, uh, Mignon and Minette. Uh, I'd love to do an arranged marriage there, Zach. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, we are really privileged to have him here with us. Today, we're going to be talking about the prophetic. And uh, there are a couple of questions that uh, we've asked Zach to, to think about and pray through. And so we're looking at why is the prophetic important? in this day and age and then you know when you understand how important it is you've got to look at well then how do we administer this gift what's so important about this gift that we've got to be responsible with it and then how do we grow in this gift it's such an amazing gift and and I think I think people need this so Zach without further ado let's jump in there why is the prophetic important in this day and age Lovely. Nadine, thanks so much for, for having me. Um, I honestly see this as an incredible privilege to journey with you guys as a church. We've been uh, there and we've ministered before. Um, and in friendship, we, we love just the company and we've been in your home. So it's a real privilege for us to journey with you and be part of just your journey. We, we have a desperate love for local church, the bride of Christ. Um, and we honestly trust that in all that we do, that the fingerprints of Jesus would be on his bride when we are, are done doing what God has called us to do. Um, and I think that's why I love the prophetic so much. You know, the first question is, uh, why is the prophetic so needed in this time and age? You know, I, I think, first of all, because God says it's needed. Um, we see that scripture says clearly that we have to earnestly desire spiritual gifts and then especially the gift of prophecy. Uh, the prophetic for me really means that we are hearing what God is saying and we are saying it and or following the instruction that comes out of what he's saying. Uh, and it is seeing what he's doing and doing it. You know, that's, that's the words that Jesus lived, lived by and still lives by. Is he, he is doing what the Father is doing and he's saying what the Father is saying. And uh, that is what it means to be prophetic. So the prophetic for me is not exclusively just proclaiming something or speaking some, something over someone's life. The beauty is that Jesus was called a prophet more often when he healed someone than when he prophesied. Um, so the prophetic includes the heart of God and the expression of God, and it might show itself in many different ways. It might show itself in healing, might show itself in words of knowledge, it might show itself in different ways. Um, and the beautiful thing about uh, prophecy is it's a gift that never stands alone. It's not a gift that you just do the gift and it's, it's gone. It is a coupling gift. I refer to it often as a, as a coupling gift. It's a gift that invites other gifts to join. Mm. And I think that's why God wants us so desperately to want this gift because he knows that when we, we start leaning into what he's saying and leaning into what he's doing, then suddenly there's a whole array of other gifts that comes to play. You know? So for example, when you speak over someone's life um, you know, to encourage, comfort and strengthen him, and I'll touch on that in a moment, is that often God would then highlight and say, listen, but your body needs healing. You know, I've been in many, many contexts where while I'm prophesying and speaking life over someone's um, future that God would say, but actually their bodies are taking strain or their bodies need healing. And I would often say, listen, is there something wrong with your body? Because sometimes it's not an obvious thing. Um, and we have seen, seen some incredible miracles on the back of that because the prophetic does include God touching body, soul, and spirit. 
Um, at times, we've, we've asked people if they wanted to receive Jesus after they've seen the kindness of God when God speaks purpose and, and future and destiny into someone's life. And we've seen people come to know Jesus on the back of a prophetic word that clearly expresses God's heart towards them. Uh, so I think it's such a beautiful gift that is versatile. It looks different than every single person. It doesn't come, you know, all dressed up in a suit and a tie. It is a very freeing and creative gift um, that certainly comes in all different kinds of shapes and sizes. And it invites other gifts to come alongside, like words of instruction, words of wisdom, words of healing, um, or gifts of healings, and those different kind of things. And then obviously... Sorry, yeah, sorry, Zach. Could you just unpack those a little bit? So words of knowledge, you know, uh, words, um, uh, just unpack those a little bit. Hundred percent. I'd love to. Um, so uh, words of knowledge would be when God gives us an insight or an understanding in something that we wouldn't, in a natural, know. So, for example, uh, while you might be ministering over someone, God might be speaking about their children, and there would be no way for you to know that they have children or that they might be longing for children or something like that. And I've had it where God would, for example, while I'm ministering over someone, show me that this individual is carrying this incredible burden for someone. And then I'll engage with God and say, God, what, what are you trying to show me? And then God would say, well, they've got a daughter that, I mean, one example in particular, I ministered in Clarkslop in the church there, and there was a, a couple there, um, a, a husband and wife, obviously a couple. Um, and the lady was very, very concerned over their daughter, which was far away from what I have felt in God. And while I was ministering and prophesying over them and just speaking about what God had for them, um, God then highlighted to me that she has got this incredible concern for a daughter that's far away. So I said to her, listen, I don't know, but have you got a daughter? And she may be far away. And that, that just unleashed Niagara Falls. She started weeping. Um, and then I could speak into that situation, prophesy over her daughter that was far away. And in a sense, help her to lift that burden. And the scripture says, cast your burdens onto the cross. So in that moment, we could then, through a word of knowledge, so God gave us insight into something that we wouldn't know in the natural. That is a word of knowledge. Um, and then uh, could help her then to take that burden and give it to Christ because he is the ultimate protector, healer, provider, and, and comforter. Um, and the amazing thing is that just uh, that testimony is on the back of that, the husband actually renewed his walk with Jesus. And mm -hmm. he started very intentionally and, and intensively and intimately walking with Jesus as a result of that. So that would be a word of knowledge. And then often um, while ministering happens, uh, God would speak to a, a, a body part that might be healing, which again would be word of knowledge. So God would say, hey man, uh, a shoulder. And then I would say often, hey, have you got a shoulder or a knee or something that's giving you hassles? And then that often would lead into um, the gift of healing that'll flow where someone is being prayed for and they are healed. Um, so there you see prophecy, but then it comes to word of knowledge because now I have an insight and then it really leads into um, a healing. So now suddenly it's not prophecy alone. It's now a whole just a, a prophecy inviting other gifts to come alongside. And we've seen that beautifully. Uh, we've seen words of wisdom where God would sometimes through prophecy speak into what people should be um, considering or looking at. You know, for example, um, we've prophesied some, sometimes that people would, would uh, need to diversify their business. And then often that'll happen prior to a change of, of circumstances in the economy or whatever the case might be. Um, now, obviously, these kind of moments will then... Um, involve governmental decisions. And I, I'll, I'm going to speak about that in a moment. Um, but the beautiful thing with prophecy is it then allows different kind of gifts to come alongside the gift of prophecy and to then uh, flow out into individuals' lives through different means. Um, and then 1 Corinthians 14 says that when we prophesy, 
there are certain, I call them low-hanging fruit, uh, fruit that is available. It should be tangible and accessible for everyone on the back of prophecy. It, it's almost, it proves or underlines the fact that the prophecy was present. And those gifts would be encouragement, comfort, and strengthening. And we find that in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 3. It says that he who prophesies, um, then leave a low-hanging fruit, which is people will feel encouraged, they'll feel comforted, and they'll feel strengthened. Um, and I have never met anyone who don't want to be encouraged or don't want to be comforted or don't want to be strengthened. So that for me is the underlying reason why God wants us all to prophesy and why prophecy is so needed, especially now. Um, I think that uh, obviously we're in changing times. I think that we're facing different battles to what generations or even, you know, uh, a couple of months ago we didn't face. Now suddenly we're having to face different things and we all need in this time to be strengthened. We all need to be encouraged and we all certainly need to be comforted in this time because things are going to work out. They are going to be great. They are going to be good. But it only happens when you and I look at what God sees rather than what we see. And that is what prophecy is. So, That's um, beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it just, I, I kind of want to say, oh, why are we, why are we dragging our feet in terms of, of <laughs> <Yeah>. prophesying? <laughs> because Come on, yeah. like, like you say, people need to be strengthened, encouraged, comforted. And, and, you know, if we look at just the, what's going on around us, there are people losing work. There are people who are not having Absolutely. income. Uh, I, I mean, how amazing if you can bring them something from God that just keeps them going, keeps them pushing really? through, pushing in. So, so you know, on, on the back of that thing, how do we actually administer this? Because obviously we can't all run around and just nilly-willy uh, be prophesying left, right, and center. Yeah. Um, so, so, so what what do we do to make sure that we are we're administering this properly? Very good question. So, I mean, for me, um, there are different aspects to the, the question administering the gift. So, I would administer the gift once I've received the prophetic word. So, what do I do with this prophetic word? I have to administer this gift. And or when I prophesy with someone else, God is giving me insight which might have different um, aspects to them or dimensions to them i have to administer that gift and then obviously that gift the outworking of that gift also need to be administered because not all of what god is saying is for the now not all of what god is saying is for the particular person that i might be wanting to prophesy over not all that god is saying is necessarily helpful for him to know i might have to take some of that to the leadership which we find um, in john chapter 10 uh, and i'll speak about that but let's start off with i've now received the prophetic word um, and uh, it ties in beautifully just with the first question of uh, why is it such a beautiful and all important gift in this time and age is in 1 Timothy 1.18 it says that um, we need to take the prophetic words paraphrased and what we need to do is we need to take those words and we need to wage a good warfare with it and then it says that those who have neglected it have made a shipwreck of their faith yeah. now let me give you context so for us in the beginning of the year we felt clearly god say to us this is the year of promises fulfilled you know so often god will give us promises but not not all promises are fulfilled in the giving of those promises i mean look at david david is anointed as king 16 years later he becomes king uh, so there's a whole season of promise 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 but not the fulfillment of that promise uh, uh, abram gets a promise of hey you're going to be a father and you're going to be a father of the nations 
Um, and then there's a whole season of promise, 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 but not the fulfillment of the promise. We even see him trying to fulfill the promise and he's gets stuck, stuck with Isaac. So clearly when we have a promise, we have to administer that promise well. Otherwise, we might be stuck with an Isaac and or miss the boat completely. Are you not um, stuck with an Isaac? No, you don't want that. And, uh, stuck with an Ishmael. <laughs> sorry, oh, Ishmael, sorry, yeah, Ishmael, not an Isaac. <laughs> Forgive me. Uh, you're stuck with an Ishmael, not an Isaac. Uh, obviously, Isaac was laughter. Isaac was a real promise. Yeah, but just backtrack um, so we can edit that bit out. So just go from <laughs> Abram tried to fulfill this promise. Sorry, I was saying Ishmael. Yeah. Ishmael. <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was thinking Ishmael, but I was saying Isaac. Okay. So, um, obviously, we see Abram then uh, got this uh, beautiful promise. And then he, there was a season of promise, 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 promise. And he tried to fulfill that promise or make it happen. And he got stuck with Ishmael instead of the, the Isaac, which is the promise of God, which means yeah. laughter, which is beautiful. So um, we need to administer the gift well so that we can walk in the promise of that gift, uh, the outworking of the gift. So God said to us in the beginning of the year, this is a year of promises fulfilled, not a year of promises, getting promises. And, and we've had those and we love those. We love getting promises. But what it does, it actually then gives you and me ammunition to fight in our battles. Mm -hmm. So now, context. God says to us, as a family, this is a year of promises fulfilled. So now we have an understanding of what a promise fulfilled looks like. So it's going to be an Isaac. It's going to be lofty. It's going to be the fulfillment of a promise. It's not going to be an Ishmael. It's going to be an Isaac where now we're living in it. Lockdown comes. Our business virtually closes down because in lockdown, what do we do? But you see, we are now in a place where we can actually be strengthened. We have ammunition now to fight with the gift that God has given us, this promise, and now we can say, listen, actually, it's going to be all right. Why? Because God said this is a year of a promise is fulfilled, not a year of just when we receive promises. Mm -hmm. So now we strengthen ourselves with the promise that God had given us. We now pray into those things. We fight for those things. We, we keep our faith, our spirits, our hope high. Why? Because God had spoken. Um, and I'm going to get sidetracked, so I'm not going to go down that path. So the administration of the gift is that we take the gift, especially if we know God is in it, it's been weighed, we know that uh, it comes from God's heart to us in this moment, it's been confirmed by two or three witnesses, um, then we can take that word and we can use it to keep our spirits high, we can use it to, to, to fight and, and break open new territory. So that's the administration side from receiving that gift side. But now I want to be used in the gift, I want to be the one that gives those gifts out to someone else. So how do I administer that? Now, for me, uh, I'm big on integrity of your gift. So in Romans chapter 12, verse 6, it says that let him who prophesy, prophesy according to his faith. So there's a measure that is attached to the gift. Um, faith has got a measure. Faith comes to us with potential, but it doesn't come to us in the fullness of that potential. So again, this morning we read in, in the book of Mark, where Jesus says, well, if you have faith, you can tell this mountain to go throw itself in the sea, and so forth. And his disciples respond and they say, well, in that case, give us more faith. And then he goes and says, well, well, let me explain this. And he really speaks of, and then he continues to tell the story of a parable. And he says, listen, when a servant comes home after days of work, um, he, before he eats, he has to prepare food for his master. And only after his master has eaten, then he can eat. And I'm like, but what has that got to do with faith? And the, the, the context of faith is faithfulness. The context of faith is, this is where I am now. I'm going to take one step out of the boat, not 20 steps out of the boat, because the moment I step 20 steps out of the boat, it's not no longer integrous with where I was. Um, but if I'm in the boat now, my current reference of faith, and I take one step out of my boat, I'm not running away from where I should be going. 
I'm just one step out of my boat. Then I'm within the integrity of my gift. I'm within the integrity of the faith that I have for a situation. So if I go to the gym, for example, first day in the gym, uh, I might have the potential to pick up 100 kilos, but I'm not going to start there because I'm going to hurt myself and I'm going to hurt someone in the process. Now, prophecy is exactly the same thing, is that when I start out in the prophetic, I start with the 5 kilos or the 10 kilos or the 15 kilo weights so that I can grow into the place of 20 kilos. Do I have the potential to have 100 kilo faith? Absolutely, but it's going to take me time to grow there. So what we often teach people is say, listen, walk within the integrity of your conscience and the integrity of what you have faith for. If you have faith for something and there's an integrity of conscience, then I think there's safety for you to take those small steps in the right direction and to start exercising your gift of faith and your gifts of prophecy in particular. Um, and I would say that when we prophesy, then obviously those three low-hanging uh, fruits that I referred to has to be tangible. If those three fruits are not tangible, I would say potentially you've stepped too far out of the boat. Maybe you need to come back, rein it in a little bit, so that you can actually leave those fruit behind. So um, in Acts chapter 15, it speaks of, of Judas and Silas, and it says that they were prophets themselves, which means that they were way out of uh, the gym capacity. So they were picking up the 100 kilos easily. And it says that yet they were saying many things to encourage and strengthen their brothers. So that fruit never changes, irrespective of the weightiness of my gift. So administrating that gift. Yep. Sorry, so would you almost say that that's like a, a, a checklist? If, if, I, if, for instance, I feel that I have a word for you um, and, and I, I, I write the word down, you know, just so that I'm, I'm honest uh, about what I'm saying. Correct. And then if I run through and say, okay, is this going to strengthen Zach? Is this going to uh, encourage Zach? Is this going to comfort Zach? Would you say that's almost a checklist that you can run Absolutely. through before you give your prophetic word? 100%. So what we say is that when you uh, share a prophetic word with the individual that you feel that word is for, those three criteria has to always be met. Encourage, okay. comfort, and strengthen. That is the, the biblical criteria for me to prophesy. But at times, we might hear God on stuff that might not leave those fruit. And it's fine if we hear those words. And we obviously want to be faithful with what we feel God gave us. But then scripture just gives us another path, another administration to follow. Which means that if I prophesy, for example, if I want to prophesy over you, Nadine, and there's something in what I'm feeling God wants to say that is not going to be encouraging, comforting, and strengthening, it doesn't mean I miss God. It just means I have to follow another administration, another pathway. And John chapter 10 says, if I want to go to the sheep, I have to go through the gate, which in your case would be your husband and or would be your pastor, your lead guy. So um, if I'm in Venture Church, for example, I want to prophesy over... Uh, Mike and Yolanda, for example, ideally what you want to do when you speak into the direction, doctrine, discipline of their life, something that will potentially challenge their current um, uh, natural flow in God, progression in God, then that would, have to, that would mean I go to the gate. I go to the eldership team or to yourself and Francis and I'll say, listen, guys, this is what I'm feeling. I'm submitting it to you. Now, when that do that is then I am free from the obligation. I am completely have been responsible with my gift and I've administered it well, which means that God can keep on trusting me in the growth of my gift because the sheep is still safe. Because the, the truth of the matter is that I'm not going to be responsible for Mike and Yolanda because they're not given to me. But as an eldership team, you as an eldership team will be responsible for them because they're given to you. 
You're going to give an account for them before the Lord. I'm not, which means that the moment I speak into shepherding issues, the moment I speak into anything that will speak into the direction, doctrine, discipline of someone's life. Clearly we see in, John, in, in Psalm 23 that the, the, the shepherd leads the sheep. The shepherd disciplines the sheep and the shepherd determines what the sheep would eat. So direction, doctrine, discipline, those three things uh, exclusively is the prerogative of the shepherds, not the prerogative of the gifts, irrespective of your gift set and the weightiness of your gift set, um, which then means that uh, that word, if I'm part of the church or part of any church, I would then go to the leader. So I remember there was a day when um, I visited a church. Um, and as I was in the church, the young gentleman who, in a sense, was emceeing the meeting, I felt a very strong prophetic word for him that potentially might have changed the direction of his life. Mm -hmm. So afterwards, I went to him and I said to him, listen, who's your leaders? Take me to your leader. You know, that alien thing, take me to your leader. <laughs> and uh, he took me to his leader. And I said to him, listen, I, I want to just quickly have a word with you separate from everyone else. And I said to him, I feel a word for this individual. This is what I feel God is saying. I just wanted to leave it with you because John chapter 10 says, in administrating the gift that I have, I have to take this to the shepherd because I'm not responsible for him. You are. And I gave him the word and he felt that was absolutely in God. They actually were chatting that through as an eldership team. And then he said, let's go and take it to the sheep. But I went with the shepherd. And now when I get to the sheep, I can't now add things that I didn't tell the shepherd. I can't now take things away that I didn't tell the shepherd. I have to then be true to what I gave the shepherd as a, a word of God. And I've unfortunately seen that people sometimes would come to me as the shepherd in our context and they would give a word to me. But the moment they release that word, now suddenly that word is changing. And I'm saying, well, we're not faithful in administrating the gift, which now means it's going to make it more difficult for the shepherd to trust you and you're potentially closing the door on the integrity of your gift. Because now you're adding stuff that wasn't part of the original context. So when it comes to administrating the gift, is we need to be um, with good conscience and with us and the Holy Spirit. You know, I love what, what the, the disciples said. It seemed good for us and the Holy Spirit to then get Matthias on as the, the, the top disciple to replace Judas. So what we want to do is we want to do something that sits well with us and our own conscience and with the Holy Spirit um, when it comes to administrating the gift. And I don't want to step out 50 yards out of the boat on my first step. I want to just take one step out of the boat, then the boat will follow me. Then I take one step out of the boat and the boat will follow me. Um, yep. So, 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 sorry, because uh, I'm hugely practical. So, um, That's fine, if, go for it. If, if I had to say, so I've got a word for you, but in that word, there are words like, you should do, you must do, you have to do, um, um, the minute you are having those kinds of words crossing your lip, you need to get to the shepherd. Absolutely. And so, give the shepherd that in order to, to see if it's, if, if it's the right word for that person. I is, think is that, that is just the wrong language to start off with. Um, in, in prophecy, you want to steer away from prescriptive words, which means I'm prescribing to you what you should do. I want to be describing rather than prescribing, which means that I can describe something of an understanding of what I'm feeling. But the moment I come and interpret that to a place of prescribing or instructing you what to do, I'm not being prophetic anymore. So let me give you an example. If I see over someone's life that God is going to give him um, new horizons, he's going to pioneer things, he's going to have a prophetic edge over his life, that he's going to speak into people's destinies and shape them. Now, there's different ways I can interpret that. If I look at it from a ministry perspective and I have a ministry lens on it, 
I am going to use those words and I'm going to say, listen, you are called to be a prophet. God is going to raise you up to set up a prophetic school. You're going to uh, disciple people and raise up prophets through your loins. Now that individual might look at me and like, you have missed this completely because he's a businessman and he's setting up new businesses and he's raising up entrepreneurs. He's raising up pioneers in another sphere. Now that it's exactly the same prophetic word, but the one has been descriptive. It opened doors for him where the other one has been prescriptive, which means it told him what to do, which means it closes doors for him. So when we mature in our prophetic gift is we want to be descriptive rather than prescriptive. So you should never say should or must or whatever, because what I do then is I'm interpreting the word on your behalf, which I can't do. I should describe to you as best I can what God wants to do, because let's be honest, 99.999% of the time, the prophetic word and the outworking, the fulfillment of that prophetic word, they don't look the same. But when I look back from the fulfillment of that prophetic word into my life, I can understand, oh, yes, of course, that's what the prophetic word said. So never go prescriptive, always go descriptive. You describe it as best you can, but you never prescribe. It's not helpful. You're closing doors of what God is doing. So I feel like we're only just scratching the surface of, of this huge topic of the prophetic. Yeah. Um, honestly, there's a, 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 it just it's actually amazing. It's almost like we have to learn to change our vocabulary to that Very of good. Jesus and and not of our own. So so Absolutely. in saying that, then um, how do I grow this gift? Keeping in mind that there's a vocabulary change, there's a heart change, there's a mind shift, there's, there's all these things that have to come into play. So how do I responsibly, but, but willingly and excitedly and passionately grow this gift? Love people. That's going to be my one-liner answer is love people. You know, what I, what I love about um, Jesus is that everything he did was motivated by love, love for the Father and love for the people. And when you and I start loving on people, God will give us means on how to love them, which is prophecy. Prophecy expressed through healing and words of knowledge or whatever the case might be. And I think often what happens is that especially when we start with a gift, we so fall in love with the gift that we love the gift rather than the people. And then we actually open ourselves for error because now I want to step beyond what is um, good for me, healthy for me, and beyond the, uh, what I would call the integrity of my gift. But if I love people, then what will happen is I will stay within what will be the best for them. Um, and obviously, when I love people, I will have an intentionality in my heart to serve them. And... Uh, the way we grow our gift is by looking for opportunities to love on people, looking for opportunities to hear God, looking for opportunities to express Jesus to people around us. And often what happens is that we put that into the context or the box of context. So I can only do that at church or I can only do that in my home group or I can only do that in wherever I find myself. The truth is, no, you, you can do that everywhere. I've ministered and, and prophesied over people um, in all works of life. Why? Because there's an underlying motivation to love on people. And when we do that, then you and I are conscious, conscious of what God is saying. There's an ongoing question in my heart the whole time. God, what do you want to do? How do you want to do this? So we've seen people being healed in storerooms. We've seen people being touched in gyms. We've seen people being ministered to in malls and whatever the case might be. But it comes from the overflow of love. So if you want to grow your gift, say, God, here I am. Use me. I want to love on your people. I want to make your fingerprints tangible on their lives. And as you and I lean into that, 
then the diversity of your gifting will show itself. Because I don't want to say prophesy because some of us will put prophecy in this box, which is, you might have much more to your life than just prophecy in a specific box. So I say to people, listen, look for ways to love people around you. As you do that, what is inside of you will come out anyway. And there's going to be a whole array of different gifts that's going to flow out of you, including uh, prophecy and healing and all of those other gifts. So how do you grow your gift? Is to say, here I am, I'm available. And by loving people and, and choosing to take part in what God is doing. And then I would say you're in a safe space. That is actually amazing. Because if you think how many times God says, I am love, and we are to show show that love and I think if I just hear what you're saying I, I, I honestly think that this is one way in which you can have safety in your gift absolutely it can be integrity absolutely. in your gift and why is this gift important because I love this person and I want to give this mm. person something from God um, with that kind of encapsulate some of the surface that we scratched this morning yeah yeah. So I want to use one quick uh, testimony to, to close off is that uh, I was ministering over a young man at one stage and just really speaking about the purposes, the promises of what God has for his life because I, I have a God love for him because I really wanted to see the best for him. And as I was ministering over him, God showed me that this young man is involved in pornography. Mm. Now, obviously if I jump out there and say, listen, you're involved in pornography, I'm potentially shutting the door through shame. Because I might miss it or I might be correct, irrespective of whether I'm missing it or whether I'm correct. I'm potentially closing the door of him experiencing the love of God. Because God loves us despite our problems and our mistakes. God loves us despite the things that are obstacles in our lives. So I didn't say anything. Afterwards, I went to his leader. I said to him, listen, man, that oak has got such a beautiful future ahead of him. There's such a call on his life. But I feel that there's an obstacle that is keeping him from some of that. And shame is going to steal from him. So I'm telling you, I feel God is saying that he might be involved with these things. Now, lovingly, I leave it to you. What happened is that leader then went to this guy and said, listen, man, there's such a beautiful call in your life. I love the prophetic word. But this came out. Is it true? And now what happened is that this individual could experience the love of God from a fathering perspective and from a motivational perspective, from a perspective of God seeing stuff. So what happened is that young man did come clean and he was in those things, but he came clean because shame was removed in the moment that it came into the light. Now he felt loved by the gift, me prophesying over him, and he felt loved by his leadership because now the leaders could come alongside him and say, listen, man, there's no shame in this thing, but let's put it in the light so that we can work it through. And now it's a win-win situation. Mm. Now, if I didn't love him or didn't want the best for him, and I loved my gift more than him, I would have felt obliged to expose him, which would obviously be the wrong thing. It will not be the heart of Jesus. Even when the lady was caused, caught in adultery, Jesus says to go and sin no more. There was no exposing. There was a covering of nakedness. Um, but love is the thing that does that. So when we love, we are safe. Our leadership teams are safe. And our people are safe. That's beautiful. So thank you so much. Uh, this has really been great. Like I said, I think we've only just scratched the surface. Um, there could almost be a daily podcast on the prophetic. Amen, yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for, for bringing this. Thank you for your clarity. And uh, bless you. So thank folks, you. 
this this was amazing. And uh, again, thank you, Zach, for partnering with us in this. We appreciate you. you. We love you guys. Yeah, what a privilege. Thank you again for having us. And uh, we're looking forward to what the future holds. Amen. Thank you. Say goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Venture Church podcast. If you want to connect with us further, please log on to our website, venturechurch.co.za or connect with us on our various social platforms, Instagram and Facebook.